about this? How about this? You like From it? From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. All right, joining me now. What's happening? Hey, I didn't mean for you to use my real name, but I'm here with you, Pat Dixon. Oh, oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'll edit it out. So you're uh, a fan of the show and, and you're also a good friend. And, and, and now you uh, have left New York City uh, and gone to Colorado. And uh, well, how are things there with this with this uh, plague? Uh, it's it's hard to say. I, I'm out here in the mountains. I got guns and stuff. It's the, the exact opposite of New York City. You know, uh, life kind of carries on out here. You know, people are pretty laid back. They just uh, they put a mandate on closing the weed stores, and then they revoked it three hours later yesterday uh, because people were lining up and uh, seemed like a bad decision. But yeah. Yeah, when people start hoarding a lot of weed, that can only go one way. Uh, that would be the, the secondary market, I guess, uh, or, or whatever you would call that. And so you're already used to kind of an isolated lifestyle, it sounds like. Well, I mean, I, I don't want you to put it that way, but... You know, <laughs> well, you're a crazy old unibomber in the mountains. <laughs> no, no, it's, it, it's fine out here. Um, it sounds I great. definitely... I definitely don't miss Manhattan, especially right now. Like on a good day, Manhattan is a bitch, you know, so I can't imagine not being able to, what do you get a, you get a $1 slice through a mail slot now. What do you, what do you do? Uh, no, you, you can, you can walk in and uh, see a guy with a mask who's wearing gloves, who, who'll hand you a slice of pizza. Uh, but, but these days, you know, you bump into people all the time in New York city. If you bump into somebody now, it's like, uh, you make eye contact and everything, you know, it's weird. Uh, the, the, the life stops for a moment and you go, Hey, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you got all this personal, it's weird. There's a lot of space, but anyway, that's Manhattan. And, uh, the reason for our conversation is, uh, I guess an interpretation, which I'm thrilled to record with you. And, uh, from what you had kind of started uh, in a text earlier, it sounded pretty interesting. You want to, kind of summarize uh where we're what we're doing here yeah sure so the the wife moved out doing a period of separation here and uh it's weird because she moved a, a mile down the road and uh you know we're cordial uh and just kind of being friendly and all that so i think the let me refer to my notes here as well notes 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 on your life that's very interesting and, 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 and in the meantime, let me ask you uh, if, uh, I mean, just tell you, if I ask anything that crosses a personal boundary, I'm sure you'll tell me. Um, but uh, otherwise, uh, I, you know, you, I, I guess. What, what do you think? I'm some amateur here. I, I'm in Colorado. I got a gun, man. I got <laughs> guns and weed. What are you talking about? Personal boundary. My, <laughs> my, my apologies. Uh, but okay, so, so have you uh, have you guys since the separation started? Have you uh, had a you know spent any any evenings together? Oh no, no, not at all. Okay, uh, definite. Um, what do we what do we call it now? Uh, social social quarantine, social separation. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> no. It, it in all in all honesty. Um, we needed space apart, right? So we're in some bad habits together. You know, you get in a relationship and you get into some kind of grind. Yeah, and no, I totally, if there's anything I understand, it's that, yeah. 
yeah, you, you get into a grind and you get into some unhealthy habits. So needed a kind of some time apart, right? So we text, you know, we, we had a lot of talks. She moved out. We're texting now. Uh, and she said that she getting down to the interpretation, Pat, ready for yeah. the interpretation. Well, she, I am. She, oh, do you need more background? <laughs> well, no, the only thing I was wondering is like you're texting, but is the, I, and I guess I'm about to find out what it is you're texting about. So go ahead. Well, with all this quarantine shit and people are all, you know, you know, uh, isolated and she's a loner too. Very introverted, uh, both of us. So I'm like, how you doing? You know, I'm just checking in, make sure you're all, all good. Okay. So you initiated it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And she's all like, right. oh, I was about, I was just about to text you the same thing. Like, you know, how you doing? Making sure you're okay. I got the cat. She got the dog. Yeah. You know, this and that. Well, you get in the habit. You get in the habit of caring about somebody and their well-being, and it's it's it doesn't break easy. Yeah, yeah, precisely, right. And so she said specifically that she wanted to. We're talking about the conversations we had leading up to the separation, which is like this big thing. She packed her shit. Like I, I have a I have three thousand square feet in Colorado, right? Or we had it, and she she was unhappy to the point where she wanted to walk away from all that start over at 31 and and live in a one bedroom apartment with the dog right all that being said she said she wanted to we we're talking about the conversations we we're having leading up to that separation right and yeah. she noted that she wanted to redo some of them or express some regret about how those conversations went okay so i'm like yeah i agree you know, th those were trying times and all that type of thing. This is th this is two months ago. Oh, okay. Anyway, so w we have this text exchange and we're like, yeah, I hope all is well. And like, everything's all, you know, cool and all that. So fast forward like three hours later and I text her saying, I can't stop thinking about you. Because I'm sitting in here in this house. I'm 35. I'm like, fuck you know, this was it, you know, this was supposed to be it. Uh -huh. And I'm too old to have kids at this point. I'm not going to do it. You know, that was, that was supposed to be the, tr the life train I was on when I married that girl a couple years ago mm -hmm. and now it's over. Right. So I, te I, I text her and I'm like, I can't stop thinking about you. You don't have to respond to this. That's why I told her. I can't stop thinking about you after that text conversation where we kind of got cozy a little bit and she yeah. said i don't know she here's the interpretation she said i don't know how to respond to that huh wow okay that was her response right okay well uh yeah that's 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 a bit of a it isn't it in a way because uh, it's hard to uh respond to a statement like that uh i mean really it could only mean you know, and you, and normally I take a little time to sort of like think about this and sort of like put it into writing and, you know, all that kind of thing. But off the top of my head, uh, I do have, so, so you say the the separation started a couple of months ago. Yeah. Well, first of all, you said, it, which is a problem, first of all, but, but go <laughs> No, no, you know, you're, you're right. No, you're right. You know what I'll do? I'll put this. <laughs> That's always funny. Yeah. I think it is funny. I don't know what's so fucking funny about that. 
that always makes me laugh. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, which well, okay, for, we have to go back and interpret the first uh, text in order to interpret the second one. Like, what do you think she meant when she said that she uh, regretted? Just she'd like to redo some of those conversations. Well, I mean, she initially started off by saying, "I've been thinking a lot about everything," which is uh, what did she say? Good and bad. That's a good one, actually. Yeah, I've been thinking about you a lot in the solitude of my one-bedroom apartment, which is good and bad. I mean, what the fuck? That sounds like she wants you to come over immediately. (laughs) To me. She's mentioning her one-bedroom apartment and her solitude. You know, first of all, it suggests that she hasn't uh, been with anybody else. And and secondly, it's... uh, she wants you to be in the mind of her sitting alone in her, which she mentions one bedroom, which is, gets a bedroom in there. I think that that's a, that's a borderline booty text, I think. No, well, well to, to be fair, uh, she never said one bedroom. I know, I know for a fact that she's in one bedroom. Oh, uh, I, I see. The, okay. Because I still get the mail. You know what I mean? <laughs> ah, okay. No, I, I, I wouldn't have interpreted it that way. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, we're just in a very weird spot, and uh, well, yeah. you're due, you're due to have a visit. You know, I mean, it, it never just stops altogether, and then there's no sort of like, you know, uh, you know what, 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 how does one for the road, right? I mean, like you'll you you undoubtedly will get that opportunity, so be aware of it when it comes. You know, and I'm sure you will be. No, I'm I'm scared shitless of that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not cuz the the sex thing got very psychological and very weird towards the end. Oh. So, I'm yeah, I'll I'll fucking fall apart under pressure if that comes up. Psychological and weird. You mean like just like emotionally charged and like high just like, you know, really it seemed like real significant or something? Yeah, it's like you- it's like you know, everything is on the line, like you have to perform perfectly or else like Cause all this other shit's going wrong. So you got to fucking deliver here and stuff. So you can get in your head as a, as a man, you know? Oh yeah, sure. You know, women get in their head, women get in their head. They can't come, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. They can't fuck. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I I went to this being recorded. I think (laughs) you're aware. So it got really heavy, the sex. And so you, you don't want to go back. You, You would not hit it again. If you had the opportunity. No, not right now. I'd I'd give it a year. Okay, so so then, uh, that's interesting. So, um, I guess then. No, it's say, it's, it, it's weird because I mean she she's hot as shit, you know. But like the the mind games and like the kind of psychological angle of it all, and the history and the infidelity and all the kind of, you know, complications that come with a modern relationship. Just, uh, we, we just played it wrong over the last few years, you know? Right. So, so maybe, maybe the, the isolation and the not talking to each other or sending weird texts, you know, about, Oh, I'm thinking about you and stuff like that. You know, maybe just cut it off for a while and then you're totally different people next time you meet, you know? Yeah, and usually, but usually that requires kind of like um, 
it's hard to it's hard to do what they call separation with love you know to because that's uh it's almost a contradiction in terms most people think but when you separate with love it's like a, a completely independent thing and and you know you're not relying on each other for anything and that's you know, again, you're used to leaning on each other to some degree. So that's, and you almost need some kind of a fucking, uh, just an enormous blowout. I know that like in some of my, my marriages that I've had in the past, I could have done with something that was just a little bit more, you know, crisp at the end, rather than like, uh, you, you know, it, it might've been more painful to peel it off real slow. So maybe maybe cutting off all contact is a good idea because when you do get in touch with her, it seems to get you all, uh, you know, uh, all, all a dither. That's a, that's another a uh, that's another I assume southern term that uh, I don't understand. <laughs> maybe it's just something white people say. Okay, but no, and, uh, no, it, it makes perfect sense, and I appreciate it. Uh, Dr. Dixon, I think you're getting into this character now, but, uh, I but yeah, it, yeah. separation with love is fucking torture, man, because like, this is your partner and stuff and you're, th- th- she was it, you know, uh, well, as far as yeah. I know. Right. But That's, yeah, of course. But it, it, it's, it's almost like, yeah, you, you got to get almost killed outside of waffle house to really cut things off, you know? Like you have to have some big wow. thing, but a similar <laughs> thing happened to me like that. Yeah, I. That's why I brought. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> a woman tried to shoot me outside IHOP, and you know what? I still missed her. I mourned that relationship. That doesn't. That, that sometimes that attempted murder. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, now I would not have gotten back with her, but I missed her, and I had to mourn the relationship, as they say. That was a term somebody else used. I wouldn't think of that, but. Uh, you know, you have to like sort of, uh, you know, feel bad about it for a little while. And I think that's what you have to do here is feel bad about it for a little while. And the first, but the first thing I would suggest is you stop thinking, well, first of all, stop saying that she was it. Uh, and now, and then, and then that's on your way to start to, to ceasing the thought that she was it because she wasn't it. I mean, if you guys aren't together, she wasn't it. It, it, There's no way to shake Mm -hmm. yourself off of your destiny because your destiny is your destiny, you know? And uh, if she was it, then she's still it. So try to think in terms of that. Like you either want to win her back or she was just another girl along the way to finding true love or whatever the fuck you're looking for. Yeah, I I, I understand that. I mean, but if, yeah. Easier said than done. Yeah, easier said than done. I, I should definitely stop texting her or. Well, I, I don't. You know, fuck. Well, know. well. Here's the question: How many times? How many times an hour do you text her? Oh no, we're we're at we're at a brief text conversation biweekly. Oh, so okay. every every two weeks we have a little kind of exchange. So yeah, you guys are just holding on real loosely, and uh, that's uh, yeah. I mean, you're doing better than most people do. You know, I mean, like. Uh, a lot of times these things end in like all kinds of domestic violence and bullshit and uh, the law gets involved. And it sounds like you guys have <laughs> kept a good lid on it. You know, uh, a lot of bad things can happen. So I think that when she said she didn't know what to say, cause you said like, I, you know, you said you were thinking about her a lot 
and you sent her that the next the like the following day that was and that was a, the opening sort of like salvo you really left yourself open there uh you know like you really put it out there which meant that that you you have a trust for her you know and uh that's why she doesn't know what to say i guess because like obviously she i, I think she doesn't know exactly what she probably wasn't entirely sure exactly what you meant and um you know it it put her in an awkward position i guess i mean like i don't yeah. know if you even yeah. knew where you were catching her i mean like hey maybe that's a maybe that's a conversation she'd like to redo as well you know but when she said she wanted to redo the conversations maybe she just meant hey i wish that i would have gotten the dog instead of the cat or... <laughs> No, yeah, Maybe. yeah. So if if we get j just write down this timestamp right here uh, of this conversation, but yeah, so three p.m. local time, I check in her, check in with her for you know, you know, all this shutdowns happening. There's no stores open. Are you okay? And all that that evolves into you know, you know, hope hope you're doing well. We joke around a little bit you know, nice, friendly text conversation, right? We kind of end that. And then at 10 p.m. local time, I'm like, I can't stop thinking about you. You don't have to, I said, quote, you don't have to respond to this text, but I cannot stop thinking about you. And her response was, I don't know how to respond to this, which is hilarious too. Like, it's like you don't have to uh, respond. <laughs> uh, no, exactly. You let her off the hook, and yet she because you don't want to hear anything negative. You know, if if you don't have anything good to say, I prefer just like to not hear anything back. Uh, and and yeah. it seems, you know, it, it, that's yeah, that's that's annoying. So, so, so that's the interpretation. Yeah, that that's the interpretation question. Yeah, and so and the answer is, you know. Uh, is she, like you mentioned games before. Is she a game player uh, to some degree? Well, like video games or emotional games. Uh, well, yeah. No, I was talking about video games. Is she into <laughs> or like uh, Call of Duty? I don't know. No, I mean like does she, is, she the, is she the type to say something like that just because it's you know sort of the play right there? No, no, definitely not. She's she's very deliberate and intentional with her communication. Okay. So, uh, I mean, to me that I, if, if, if I sent a message like that, along with that particular directive, you know, that she didn't have to get back to me, my interpretation of, of that particular response would be that it's got to be, it might not be over for her, but it needs to be over for you. Uh, you know, because like, it, it doesn't seem as if you're going to be able to connect with her on any kind of like an honest level uh, without, you know, risking kind of a little mini rejection, you know? Hmm. Well, I mean, you talked before about like, don't say that she's it, you know, but I'm having trouble letting go of that because of there, there is nobody out there like her. And I, I know I sound psychotic right now. That's love, but it's, 
I mean, I'm, I'm sure some other girl that fits my taste will come around eventually, but shit, man, I'm not going to marry her and start a family with her, you know, whatever girl that comes around. Because man, it's like, it's too little too late. I could, I could be single with no children and making bank for, you know, you can censor this out major TV company and just buy snowmobiles and fucking rifles or whatever, you know, but it's like, what kind of life is that either? Well, you make it sound as if, uh, first of all, that's a humble brag noted. Second of all, uh, (laughs) I mean, you just described the life that every guy would want to have, you know, like, Oh yeah, I'm doing very well. I can be alone. I can go on my snowmobile. I can, you know, <laughs> hey, I'm sure I'll meet a nice girl. You'll meet a nice girl. You got a couple of bucks and a snowmobile. Yeah, three thousand uh, square foot home. You are on your way to to having the woman of your choice. And no, uh, they're they're all they're all homey and they're all kind of from the Midwest and shit out here. Like I don't know, man. What's wrong it, with the Midwest? Like... There's some there's some really really nice girls from the Midwest. I I, I knew a few of them. Yeah, but they kind of, I don't know, not appealing to me. Yeah, I need to yeah. Go. <laughs> I think I know what you mean. Oh, Jesus you're looking, Christ. You're, you're looking, no, you're looking for a particular type of woman, and I know what you're talking about, and, and, and uh, that's understandable. But, like, nobody is that fucking special. I promise you. And, and I'm not saying it's not, it's no, you know, slam on your ex, which she is. Uh, you know, yeah, it, it, it's no slam at all. It's just that you would you'll be amazed by when something when it kind of heals a little bit, and you see a girl that you actually think is sexy, you will bend over backwards to find them interesting in all kinds of ways. You know, <laughs> <laughs> when you when you find a woman that makes your motor run, you yeah. are. Yeah, it, then like everything you talk about is interesting, you know. You're like, oh, so Plano, Texas, huh? Okay, yeah. Oh, the electric company turned the lights off. Yeah, you know, and and you're. Are you actually you pay attention and like you know laugh at them and stuff? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of did it like I was bored a little bit, but it's really more like, oh my god, really? You know, like you're really into it. And then like uh, you know, of course, over time, you get you get bored with the pussy, and then you get bored with the brain at the same time. There's some kind of a link. And, um, you know, oh, life fuck. goes and life goes on, you know? Yeah. I mean, it happens all the time. There's nobody who doesn't feel that way. Adultery is a very deep thing, you know? And, and like, you know, we have in our vows that we're supposed to protect, right? And so that's when men are the protectors. And so when you are, you know, having something on the side, this is just like a, you know, just throwing this out there, but it's, it's, it's important to remember that your vow to protector is more important than your weak conscience, you know, and, and, and your, your guilty drive to like, you, you have to always love her enough to lie to her face, lie to her face and, and lie to all <laughs> of your friends and lead a double life, you know, because that is, and if you didn't want to lie to your wife, you never should have gotten married. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that now of all things, but <laughs> Of, well, for, for the record, there's no infidelity post-marriage, but, you know, the past will come back to fucking bite your dick off, Pat. It'll oh, come yeah. back. <laughs> but, no, I know. Yeah, yeah, sure will. Well, it, it, I, as long as we're on the subject, can I, can I uh, interpret 
well, it's not an interpretation. It's I'm going to flip the script and ask you a question. Perhaps, oh, okay, great. Yeah, please do. What do you think? Mean, you've been married a few times, and uh, what do you think about the guys that are like, oh, I've been married sixty years, blah blah, or whatever? Like, it's some badge of honor. Like, is that is that the ideal that we're looking for in terms of like long term relationships? Like, because I, I know people that've been married that long and they fucking hate each other. You know, like as humans interacting and having relationships and kids and grandkids and all that, like, what are your thoughts there? Is that, is that the goal to be married forever or? Uh, it's not, I mean, like my goal is to, uh, somehow get out of this thing. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, it's, I, I say that, but like after you get divorced, this is your first, I know you kind of like, uh, you develop a callus a little bit and then you realize that like, Oh wow. If my marriage were to end, I think I would get to that upside phase a lot sooner because you eventually you're going to see the upside to this, you know, it's going to be no downside or a little bit of downside, a little bit of downside, mm-hmm. or, you know, it's, it, it, it's like a teeter totter, you know, as, as the one gets stronger, the other one, you know, you get more grounded. And, and so like, uh, I think I would see the upside more quickly if it didn't, if it did end, but that's not what you ask. Like the goal is just to be happy on a day-to-day basis. The, the goal is to, you know, like, uh, get all your needs met and to, when you're not getting them met, say it so that you don't start to like look sideways at everything that you see and be like, Oh, this girl is like scratching that itch that I'm not getting scratched someplace else. You got to oh, like, sure. always, Redouble your efforts to like focus on, you know, the person that you and you got to really it goes like into a deep kind of a trust factor of like believing in that person that they are what you thought they were, and that they will deliver on on these needs, you know, and then if they just straight up refuse, uh, you know, then then that's another issue, you know, but I think it's just being happy on a day-to-day basis is the goal. Those guys who say 60 years, you know, and whatever, I've been married 45 years, 37 years you know sometimes they brag sometimes they uh they just admit it you know uh sometimes they, <laughs> yeah. sometimes they pretend they have to think about it you know like oh it's uh, 35 years well you know it, it, none of that shit really matters except the guy that's bragging about it is is probably the guy who has put his dick in the most women outside of his marriage you know because like uh it, it, it's something to make you know, <laughs> Wouldn't you say? I would yeah. say. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, that's my guess. Well, I, I mean, I'm, yeah, they, they exist for sure. But the ones that I've heard say that weigh 300 pounds and the wife is similar. You know what I'm saying? So maybe they're just kind of sitting around watching TV fat and happy and but, that's yeah. life or whatever. But, you know. But did they always? Did they? You, I mean, like, you don't know. If someone's been married that 60 years a long time, 40 years a long time, 20 years a long time. 20 years ago, shit was different. And like, yep. you, 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 you go through periods in, in a marriage of any length. I personally have never been in a marriage of any length, but I believe you go through periods where it's like, you know, okay, you are, you know, things are going well. You have a period that's kind of, that kind of sucks. You usually associate it with a certain apartment you might add, you know, like, like oh yeah, I remember those days oh, yeah. over on like a Diane court, you know? Well, well I, I'll, I'll quote, uh, our friend Gavin McInnes, I mean, he, he's like, you, you can have a bad week, a bad month. You could have a bad year or five years in a marriage, right? So, 
kind of thinking like, why not stick it out and try and I don't know shit. Well, yeah, you guys, because you know, it, there there has to be that commitment on both sides, and then like if if something happens that has somehow, and it doesn't matter what it is or whether it should have, but if it broke, like uh, like I've heard it said, broke the covenant. You know, if you break the covenant, then that's the end, and it doesn't even matter if you're trying to pretend like it's going to be okay. It's just not going to be okay. There, yep, there, there, yep. Sometimes it's just it's broken, and you are not the same person anymore to her. And um, she just can't get there again. I had one like that when uh, we weren't married or anything, but we were first starting to date. And I, I, I thought that I would open the relationship with some honesty. And I'm going to tell you the reason I did that is because I thought I was going to get caught. It was completely selfish, you know. <laughs> I, and it worked for me, too, that I, that I was, you know, at that point in my life, I didn't want to have any lies or anything like that. But, I mean, it was, it was a dumb thing. But I thought she was going to find out from somebody else who, uh, you know, a, a girl that kind of uh, knew the whole story. And, and I thought she'd be seeing a lot more of her. Turned out to be a false fear. But, yeah, I told her some shit that I had just been up to and that, like, you know, I want to start seeing. And, and like that, that was it. That was what she that was the theme that returned for the next two years, you know. And, and it oh, just, man, you're you're you know, I, I laugh when you're telling these stories and, and making these points, but I laugh because it is a hundred percent relatable. And uh, yeah, that, that makes sense. What, how old were you when you decided to open up and be like, Hey, this is what's happening. I was like, 35. What age were you? Oh, Jesus Christ, Pat. It's like, yeah, well, in the mirror, man. <laughs> I misjudged the, uh, I misjudged the weight of what had gone on is what it was. I misjudged her. Uh, I, I, I just misjudged what her reaction would be. You know, like it, it wasn't like I knew that it was the biggest deal in the world. And also keep in mind, I was just kind of trying to get ahead of the story. Hmm. I mean, I had an ulterior motive. I wasn't all, uh, it wasn't with the utmost naivete. It was, uh, there was a trace of that, but it was, that was kind of a rationalization for sort of just having to, put out that fire before it started. And, and as it turned out, I would have been fine. You know, we, we, we would have been much happier. But I, the thing is, you know, she wasn't the one. And at the time, you know, I mean, I never wanted to marry anybody that I didn't get married to. I had these long-term relationships <laughs> for three years, you know. And, and that was never anybody that I would have, that I even wanted to marry, you know, until I met my current wife. And then it was just like, yeah, we definitely, you know, both of us wanted to get married, like wanted to get married, which is like, that's an odd thing to want, to say the least, you know, that, it's an odd yeah, thing to want. Yeah, why, yeah, exactly. Very odd. And why, you know, why the yeah, fuck? No, no oh, explanation. Gosh. Except like you like we really like each other. Let's take this to uh, the utmost fucking level, you know. And it's just very romantic thinking. And like when you, uh, we got married in that in, in like the early stage rush of you know all that kind of shit. And it's uh and it's exciting, you know. It really is. And I wouldn't take it back. I mean, like I I, I that was a fun time. And she's obviously in the room. And uh, <laughs> shouts out to Mandy. <laughs> Tell her I said hello. Pretending not. He's got headphones on, but I know the fucking deal. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. But 
and, and we had an amazing wedding and it was and you know it, it really does give a nice beginning point to something that's going on now I, I never think it's a good idea to live together forever and then and then eventually get married because it just seems as if like uh you know, it, it, it does. It seems honorary or something like, OK, fine, you know, and, and I think that that's uh, it's not always the best move. I, I think at that time you're just wanting something to change. You're wanting some upheaval. You're wanting you know, to graduate the relationship in some way. Uh, it becomes you get to a certain age. So me and my first marriage, like this is what you're supposed to do, you know, and everyone's expecting it. And then you spend fucking X dollars on the ceremony and the party and all that. And then what, you know, for the Instagram photos or like shit, man. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It, it ends up being kind of a letdown and you're like, Oh fuck. So we're just here together. And, and there's no, a lot of times that first <laughs> marriage, there's not a lot of sense of privacy or decorum or anything like that. You, you know, marital boundaries, you haven't really learned the value of you're younger and, um, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's slow. I'll tell you this, uh, you so now you, you will be divorced twice. I am divorced twice. And I, you know, we can compare notes on my first marriage. Sounds pretty familiar. <laughs> my second marriage, you know, about the same length as yours, you know, roughly. And, um, when you get to the third one, it's like, you know, cause the first, the second one you marry is usually like very different from the first one, you know, just like, just, just almost nothing in common. And then the third one is, just, I mean, it's it's like drawing a wild card. You really don't know. And if you get married a fourth time, then you're gonna marry <laughs> you're gonna marry one of those three women again. You know that, right? It's almost I, for sure. You're you're gonna I marry sure one so. of them. Again. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have time to learn a whole another. You know, it takes a while to learn a woman. You know, uh, unless you make the smart move of treating them all exactly the same, in which case, you, you know, you only have to learn one. Well, what the what the fuck is the point of using the term marriage or actually marrying people multiple times like you have? Like, what the fuck is the point? Because they're like, well, why not just see people and kind of exist and I don't know, be a fucking well, monkey? No, it's a guess. You know, if you're gonna be a fucking monkey, you shouldn't even have a girlfriend. Uh, so why <laughs> you, know, you should just. You know what I mean? You should just be a monkey and never declare anything. And every relationship will last about six to eight months at most. And, sure. and that's not a bad way to go through life. Uh, for a while, that was pretty fun for me. And uh, well, yeah, I what's, think uh, go that, ahead. What's, what's the upshot of making it official with someone you kind of hit it off with for six months? All right. Well, I'll tell you, it's because uh well i mean like let's let's call it what it is uh, you know being in love if you're not in love you shouldn't get married you know if you're just having a good time oh, sure. and, and kind of hitting it off with somebody you don't want to the reason why it, it matters is because there will come a time say you're just living together right say you want to cohabitate then oh, yeah so i mean like you know you're you're cohabitating uh, and in New York, it, it, sometimes it, it's just like, when's your lease up? Okay, oh, I can make that work. Uh, but um, you, there, will come a time, there will come a time when you want to be legally entitled to open her mail. Mm. And when you're married, you can do that. And there'll, there'll come a time when you want to go into her bank account and get some money. 
and uh, there'll be a time when, and when you're married, you have the, this kind of access, you know, because, it, you know, it's also a way of saying no bullshit. This is the thing that's happening, you know? So I think it's also a way to signal both to yourselves, you know, and to one another and to the world that, you know, this is the fucking best person I ever met. And there's no reason for me to look any further beyond this because this is everything that I need and everything I ever will need. And, uh, and I also don't, you know, there's no need to do that until you're in your forties for Christ's sake. I mean, like I, I, why get married if you're not, you know, worn out already, if you haven't gotten all the, (laughs) yeah, I hear you. Yeah. All the stuff you want to otherwise get, you know? Yeah. That's it. You want (laughs) to, Because then you're going to be 50, you know, and God, you don't want that. No, I understand that. That's funny too. Cause like the, uh, after I got married, the bank account situation was still very much separate and I had anxiety about joining that up. You know, that, that uh, it is all red flags, Pat. You know, Wait, red you flags. had anxiety about it? Yeah. Just cause I was, you know, spending too much money on booze and shit and, wanted to keep my finances kind of separate. None of her fucking business, right? Yeah, it, 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 it was just, you know, yeah, not, not a, no, it, it, it's, it, it, here's the thing. First, first point, you and I need to start a relationship podcast to two affluent white males talking about how to, uh, how to be in a relationship in a marriage. <laughs> and, I, and I think that that's the title that you just said. Yeah. <laughs> Second of all, I, I don't know. Everybody's different, man. Uh, humans are very complex and sloppy. And we try and women are, too, but w- women are too though. Women are too. Yeah. I just mean, just humans in general, like people, people are sloppy and you try and make shit work to the best of your ability, given your circumstances and everybody's different and it's different for everybody. But, um, and yet it's it's very much, it's very much the same for everybody too. I mean, like, uh, there's there's certainly no, I mean, look, no hard and fast rule for everybody, but there are just a few hard and fast rules that apply to everybody. Sure. I think anyway, I mean like, uh, you know, in general, cheating is a bad idea. Because it's going to put you in a frame of mind of anxiety. You're eventually going to signal to her that you're doing something weird. It's going to result in a conversation. You you might get caught, and then you don't want her dealing with that, right? Oh, but like, I mean, you've repeated the, you've recited my last 20 years of relationships. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't do that. (laughs) And and you got to go, and you got to go to be willing to go to any length to prevent that from happening, you know, like, and it's funny because like other family members you have, like if somebody was going to murder your kid, right. Then you would like, (laughs) you would do it. You would lie for that. Right. Of course you would, you know? So like it's, or if somebody was going to like, if there were men on their way over to like murder your mom and rape your dad, uh, then you would certainly be willing in that case to stop at a public bathroom on the way home and wash <laughs> the pussy juice off your dick and balls. If that was going to stop that from happening, you know, you have to, but, but I think those, those familial relationships are like kind of, um, 
the you know you don't have to take a vow to them it comes naturally to have that kind of loyalty but you take a vow in the case of because you have to build that with somebody you know i mean you're building a family you don't just have it like it's it's not like marrying a relative or something which sometimes i think would be easier <laughs> it, i mean <laughs> fuck <laughs> Maybe we should leave it there. <laughs> but I mean, I, I'm I, all, I like where you're going with it. But <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely. Well, the, the thing is, is that what you'll realize if if you're not willing to lie to her, if you're not willing to do all these things to to prevent her from being hurt, then you have just shit and pissed and farted all over one of God's most beautiful institutions, you know. And I think that's a shame. Uh, marriage is sacred, you know, and. Um, I think that, uh, yeah, it sounds to me like you're convinced intellectually that this is over, but you got to uh, sort of find a way to uh, to understand it in, in, emotionally. That's the other, the flip side of the intellectual truth, the emotional truth of it. And uh, there aren't, you know, guys usually have one truth, but in the, in, in some cases we have two. And uh, this, you know, there, there's definitely two truths here. You know it in your mind it's over, but you haven't accepted it in your heart. And, and until you do that, you know, then it's going to be, and I think you have to consciously do it to a certain degree, because if, you know, if you let it happen naturally, which to a degree you have to do, but if you, if you don't put any thought into it at all, it, it can really drag on, you know, you got to make sure that you're not putting yourself in the direction of like, uh, feeding those urges to make contact and stuff. Mm, yeah. That, that's interesting, man. Unless Are you're you, banging her. Oh, fuck Pat. I mean, you speak, you speak the truth, man. Uh, you should start a uh, license. What's the uh, four digits? The uh, oh fuck, I don't know. Four digits. Licensed clinical social worker. Wow, that is hard to say. That's why I go and see once a week. But I'm gonna dump her. I'm going to dump her ass and I'm going to call you up on the podcast and we're going to talk it out. Hey man, I am down and I'll do it for nothing. <laughs> All right. Uh, and uh, thank you guys for listening to this interpretation. Thanks Alex. And I hope it was of some benefit. Hey, always Pat. Take care buddy. Later. Not appealing to me.